Hey everybody, it's Thursday, April 25th. I'm back from spring break, and today I want to take some time to unpack this horrible case of police brutality. It was against an unarmed, nonviolent 15-year-old boy from Broward County, Florida, named Luca Roll. As you may have seen, students filmed videos of this encounter that quickly went viral. And Luca's a sweet kid, but in an instant, he was brutalized more by local police than most mass murderers including heavily armed mass murderers right there in Broward County, Florida. Today I'm going to tell you about this case. I'm going to shed some light on important documents that I've obtained. I'm going to try to give us some insight into what's likely going to happen next. And then we'll move to some action steps that we can take together. Because listen, we're not just here to change the news. We're here to change the world. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. Coral Springs, Florida is a pretty fancy city. Year in and year out, it's regularly ranked as one of the top two or three cities in the entire state to raise a family or start a business. It's what they call a master plan community. It has super strict codes on what every single building in the city has to look like how tall they can be, what colors are allowed, what materials they have to be made out of. But 60 years ago, Coral Springs, Florida didn't even exist. It was dreamed and launched and built in the 1960s, and it's really marched to the beat of its own drummer ever since. It's not cheap either. If you live there, it's highly likely that you first got there because you learned it was a safe place to raise your kids. And even though the town is majority white, tens of thousands of black and Latino families have moved to Coral Springs looking for the same types of opportunities and freedoms that white folk there want as well. They want good schools and safe neighborhoods like everybody else. But just one week ago, on last Thursday, when school was let out of J.P. Terravella High School, black families were forced to learn a painful lesson that what makes white families feel safe in Coral Springs can actually be a grave danger for black children. After school was let out, as they often do, hundreds of kids began walking home and purchasing snacks and treats along the way. And the nearby McDonald's, as it is in cities across the country, is a popular after-school hangout and snack spot. And as kids gathered in the parking lot, the crowd got bigger and bigger, And some said it was because a fight was going to break out. But whatever the case, as the crowd of black students got bigger, somebody did what they always do. Somebody called the police. And for just a moment, please allow me to break down how the mere act of calling 911 is so radically different for black and white people. Break, break it, break it down. We now have listeners in 180 countries, so first, let me explain that in the United States, in all 50 states, if you pick up any phone and dial the numbers 911, it immediately connects you with an emergency dispatch operator who can then call the police or an ambulance on your behalf and have them come to the location where you say an emergency is taking place. Now, we pay for this service with our taxes, And for the average white person in America, they will openly tell you that if they were in an emergency, 
they wouldn't give a second thought to calling 911 for police or for an ambulance to show up. They call 911 often. But for black people, calling 911 has always been problematic. It's hard to believe it, but the clip that I'm about to play you from the famous Public Enemy song called 911's a joke is now 29 years old. Let me play the clip for you. Going, going, gone. I dialed 911 a long time ago. Don't you see how late they reacting? They only come and they come when they wanna. So get the motor truck and then bomb the corner. They don't care because they stay paid anyway. They treat you like an ace that can't beat the tray. I know you stumble with no use people. If your life is on the line, then you're dead today. So get up and get, get, get down. 911 is joking your town. Get up and get, get, get down. That's a quick sample of Flavor Flav and Public Enemy of their track, 911's a Joke. And if you haven't ever seen it, do yourself a favor and go to YouTube now and search Public Enemy, 911's a Joke, and watch the video. It's classic, and it's really a protest song. Because 29 years ago, they recorded a track on how problematic it can be when black people have to call 911. And 29 years later, that's generations 29 years later, I think it's even worse. And the result over generations is that black people now will go to great lengths to never even call 911 because we've learned that doing so might ultimately cause you more problems than you had before you called. Now, you might call the police for help. And I've worked with many families across the years who've done this only for police to show up and brutalize or even kill the person who needed help. When you can, when you get a chance, Google any one of these names. Google Tanisha Anderson. Google Matthew Ajabade. That's A-J-I-B-A-D-E. It's probably Ajabadi, Matthew Ajabadi. Google Charlena Lyles. That's the most recent case of those. Charlena is spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-E-N-A. Lyles is L-Y-L-E-S. A horrible case of a woman who called the police to report an armed robbery and ended up being killed herself. Google those names. Years ago, in an article, I I wrote this article and I interviewed scores of black folk who just outrightly said they won't call 911, even in an emergency. They see 911 as a service for white folk, they said. As we see that played out in the culture, we see videos of white people calling 911, not like it's for life or death emergencies, but we see white folk using it like a customer support center, calling the police on black people who are cooking out, calling the police on black people selling lemonade, calling the police on black folk passing out campaign flyers, calling the police on black real estate agents who are just showing off homes. You name it, and we have a viral video of a white person using 911 to call the police on black people for it, and it's a long list. But what I want our listeners, particularly our white listeners, to know is that when you call 911 on black folk, you do so knowing full well that it could get people brutally injured or even killed. And it doesn't matter if the situation warrants brute force. When you call 911 on black folk, it's highly likely that brutal or lethal force could be used, which brings us back to Coral Springs, Florida. When school was let out at J.P. Terravella High School last Thursday, the walk to the McDonald's was normal. 
But the moment someone felt the need to call 911 on the black students that congregated there, what could have been a normal Thursday afternoon immediately became something altogether different. Multiple cop cars pulled up. And if you've seen the videos, the officers are dressed in what looks like tactical military gear. And they were high-strung from the very beginning. And instead of simply asking the kids to disperse, police started laying their hands on kids, jerking them and throwing them around. And when they did so to one young student, 15-year-old Luca Roll noticed that the kid's cell phone fell out on the ground. And that was an innocent moment. The phone was on the pavement, and Luca literally just bent down to be helpful and pick it up. But in that moment, instead of seeing a helpful boy, Officer Greg Lacerra of the Broward County Sheriff's Office saw a threat. Now, I've watched that video a hundred times. I see a boy, unarmed, nonviolent, baby-faced. He's tiny. He's in a small red tank top. I have kids his age. They walk home from school. They go to McDonald's. They're helpful. But the sheriff, at close range, saw a threat and decided to spray commercial-grade pepper spray right in Luca's face. And guess what Luca did? He did what any one of us would have done. He did what anybody and everybody sprayed with pepper spray does. He starts to rub his eyes like crazy. He was struck with so much pain. Again, he did nothing wrong. He didn't disobey any orders. But soon the officers slammed him on the ground, and Sheriff Christopher Krikovich mounted Luca's back, deliberately and forcefully smashed his head onto the ground, then began pummeling Luca's face with both fists. By the time the officers were finished with Luca, he was splitting blood everywhere, and his entire face was covered in blood from the wounds that police had caused. Now, today I was able to review several of the written reports from the officers, and each of them, as we detailed here on the breakdown in episodes 12, 13, and 14, each of the officers has clearly been trained on exactly what to say to justify their brutality. They each said that they were outnumbered by students 200 to 1. But listen, that's the case everywhere cops are. That's the ratio of cops per person in every city. In their reports, the police said they felt threatened by Luca. And I have to pause there for a moment. Because what we see is that the police officers treat black children like they're monsters. And they treat white monsters, no matter their age, like they're children. In fact, just six miles away from this McDonald's is Parkland, Florida, where 17 students and staff were murdered in a mass shooting and 17 more were injured. And this same sheriff's department arrested a heavily armed mass murderer without so much as inflicting a single scratch on him. And ask yourself, why is that? And I think you know the answer. Ask yourself why Dylan Roof, the white supremacist who murdered nine beautiful souls at a church in Charleston, ask yourself why he was peacefully arrested without incident and then given some Burger King afterwards. Ask yourself why we see mass shooter after mass shooter many of them whom are heavily armed and just brutally murdered scores of people. Ask yourself why they got a level of dignified treatment that Luca didn't receive. And I have to include that their words are true. It's because they see Luca as a threat. 
and they treated him with brute force as a result, but they just don't see fully armed white murderers as the same threat, and so they treat them with a level of peace and professionalism that was completely missing in their treatment of Luca. And here's what we know. The district attorney there, Michael J. Satz, just dropped all of the bogus charges against Luca, and it's outrageous that they ever charged him with anything in the first place, but it's important that they drop the charges for two reasons. First, it means that Luca won't have a record, and that's great because he doesn't deserve one, he never had one, he's never been in trouble a day in his life. But it also means something very important. If Luca committed no crime, if he didn't resist arrest, if he didn't obstruct justice, if he didn't assault an officer, and those were the crimes they tried to charge him with, if he didn't commit those crimes, then that removes some of the legal justification that the police hope to use to justify their brutal assault of Luca. Which brings me to our action steps for today. First and foremost, I posted five action steps on my personal Instagram page, at Sean King on Instagram. Please go there and take all of those steps. Because there I have the phone numbers and the email addresses of many of the people that you need to contact. And do those things. They help. I've seen them help in other cases. It lets the people in power there know that you're watching and that you care. Now, please try to do all of those action steps between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Those are the office hours, Eastern Standard Time, so that they have the most impact. But let me give you one big new action item. I need us to contact the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Now, listen, put away your views for him for a moment. Put away your thoughts that this won't matter, that, that he won't listen, that this won't do anything, because he actually just fired just a few months ago he actually just fired the, sh the sheriff of Broward County. He is watching what happens in Broward County very closely, and it's weighing on him politically in a major way. And politicians are political. They hate to be contacted and flooded with emails and phone calls and tweets from people about a topic that make them look bad. So here's the first thing that we're going to do. I need you to call the governor's office. I need you to pick up your phone and call them. And let them know how much you believe the Broward County officers who brutalized 15-year-old Luca Roll, let the governor's office know that those officers need to be fired and charged with assault. We need the governor to weigh in on this. Ask to speak to a real person and ask them to file a report or to leave a message for the governor. Now, here's the thing. I need you to be respectful but persistent. If they, if they tell you we can't do anything or you've called the wrong number, ask to speak to somebody who is the right person. It's actually law that they take your message. So be respectful, but be persistent. Now, here's the one number that I want you to call. Save it in your phone, because after we all start calling, they're going to be overwhelmed by it. And I want you to get through to a real person. Here's the one number you have to ask to speak to someone and leave a message or file a report. The number is 850-717-9337. Again, the phone number is 850-717-9337. 
If you need to look over my Instagram page or listen to this podcast a few times to get your words together and get your thoughts together, let them know that you want the governor to weigh in and fire these officers and that you want him to encourage that assault charges be filed as well. All right. Again, the number is 850-717-9337. The break. The break. The break. The break. The break. The break. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. Listen, we're not just here to change the news. We're here to change the world. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe here or on your favorite podcast app and share this with your friends and family. Our next big goal is to have 100,000 subscribers, and we're just not going to get there without you. Also, have you left a review yet? If not, please leave your best review when you get time. We already have five-star reviews on all the platforms, but we still need you to weigh in. So if you love this podcast, let us know in the review section, all right? Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. Now, if you love this podcast and you really want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community, and you can do that at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers in the world. Lastly, a shout-out to our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, who's on the road and is still producing this podcast. Thank you, man, for your hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.